Hello and welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in a modern world. Hello, I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Hello, Paul. Well, we're not here. Well, we're not you're here. You're there. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for me here and you're there for Oh, it's there, just, it's here, funny. you, whatever. It is <laughs> I know. And it's funny. It's, it's kind of weird not, um, it's kind of weird, I must say. It doesn't feel like a work day yet, properly. Yeah, I suppose. It's weird. Sorry? Is that what you're finding? It doesn't feel like a weekday at the moment because it's kind of weird. Uh, no, my days are starting pretty early and they feel like a regular. Okay. So they felt like a Monday. So, ah. but you know, it is what it is. Well, given it Tuesday, I guess it's okay. Um, so today, food. Let's. Food. Food, cuisine types, Italian. Yeah, so we thought we'd come back to on, yes yeah we got sidetracked so we thought we'd come back to it a little bit right. and we thought let's talk italian not that i'm the world's greatest expert on italian but nonetheless like why not and how it relates to you know probably your steam oven and stuff like that because there's a few classic examples um that we've done over time which actually worked really well with the, with the steam oven. Okay. Do you, do you remember any of them, Linda? Um, I would <laughs> say we, I know that um, it was a revelation when we steamed the potatoes and they weren't quite so mushy and wet when we made gnocchi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's, yeah, that's and, not a bad point. Actually, I forgot about that myself. Oh, and um, your, your, your introduction to me of a ricer, and how I love it. I use it for so many things. So that was um, also, but that's not neither in the steam oven, but it was just, they go hand in hand for me. So yeah. I remember that. I remember the potatoes coming out quite dry and uh, not too wet, which was nice for the gnocchi. Yep. So we've done. And although I have tested theories on doing gnocchi, actually once the gnocchi made, then steaming the dumplings themselves which can be done um i still maintain that it's better done in a pot of boiling water um but you can do it certainly so you can once your gnocchi is made you can put them on your uh on your perforator tray and steam the, the gnocchi themselves um it's either here nor there really i suppose but one of the classic ones which i revisit reasonably often and it's probably not the sort of done thing these days uh, because veal's not you know it's super popular or not something that people go and eat often but one that i was really happy with which we did quite a long time ago was um vitella tonato do you remember oh, that yes, i do remember that i do remember that yeah so that so the, that's a very classic um italian dish like really really classic and it's a combination of um very different ingredients that you wouldn't think would go together um one being tuna and the other being veal uh, and traditionally the veal was poached 
in like a court bouillon. So like a, a stock of, you know, vinegar, peppercorns, all sorts of stuff. Um, it's almost like a, like a vegetable stock with a little bit more vinegar in it. And it's quite precise. You have to be quite precise with the poaching method because um, it can overcook really easily. And given you're working with something like veal fillet, which has got very, almost no fat, um, you, you can make it tough. And then to, it, it's paired with a, um, essentially a tuna mayonnaise. And it's traditionally made using tin tuna. Um, so we took that idea and then applied that to steam. And rather than poach our veal fillet, we steamed it. And that's really, really interesting dish for people to um, to give a go. Like uh, it's a classic Italian dish and it works out beautifully using a steam oven. So just getting your veal fillet and steaming it, letting it cool because it's served cold, which is another thing which might be a bit different for people. Uh, and you just make a very simple mayonnaise with, with tuna and uh, mayonnaise. And I think we put some capers in there. I can't remember. But, yeah, there's some classic accompaniments to it. And it's really worth giving a go. Um, so that's one sort of Italian thing that we've done. One we haven't done, which I haven't, which I've been promising for years and years and years, but I'm a bit hesitant of doing is a lasagna. Um, but we've done various pasta bakes which you wouldn't say are italian as such they're probably more an australian thing really um but lasagnas are if you look at what everyone else does with a combi steam oven lasagnas are a common thing uh in a combi steam oven because when they're baked we use steam as well and everyone's had i think most people uh, except for any of our Italian friends listening, but most people have had a lasagna occasionally where it's dry because uh, even though they're quite, for want of a better term, saucy, you've got a white sauce, you've got a, a bolognese sauce, you know, they, there's a lot of sauce. The whole baking process removes some of that moisture and they can become quite dry. Um, so quite often combi steam ovens are employed in the baking of a lasagna to stop that um, from happening so they they don't dry it out as much so that's another really good one because you still get the color on top um and there's a lot to be said about lasagnas and what's the right way which is why i've sort of avoided it for a long time um i'm very much a make your own pasta type of person and the lasagna really for me is more about the multiple layers of pasta i'm not talking four i'm talking more like 10 to 15 so very minimal amount of sauce but lots of pasta uh that's my understanding of what a traditional lasagna is but we'll, we'll give that a go at some stage um but well, we have done lots of before you go food. on i, I know yeah, that yeah. I, I asked you this before in another episode and i was worried that in a combi steam oven you wouldn't get the crunchy bits that are so important on lasagna or on other pasta bakes as well and I know yeah. you uh, explained fully that we would, because that's a very important part of the cooking, are those edgy, crunchy bits that are just so tasty. Anyway, yes, so one of, the, yeah, one of the most famous chefs in the world, if not, one of, if not the best, I think his restaurant was voted the best chef, uh, best restaurant in the world for uh, many consecutive years, Massimo Tara, I think his name is. He actually does a dish which is called the crunchy bit of lasagna. So it's the burnt <laughs> corner and it's an actual dish. 
<laughs> he, he's in Spain. So, isn't he? Is he in Spain or is that in Italy? No, in Italy? no, he's in Italy. Okay. Um, he's he oh, lives in. Good. I think the restaurant's in uh, Emilia Romana, which is the home of uh, Reggiano Parmesan cheese. Ah. Uh, so okay. everything he does is Parmesan and balsamic vinegar and all, all that sort of stuff. But he actually has created a dish which is. Uh, the crunchy bit of lasagna. It's not a lasagna. It's the crunchy bit of crunchy lasagna, bit. and it's got the essence of that, of that flavour. But you've got to remember too, with those sorts of things, and when you're after those bits, you know, though, you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those sort of the cooked corners where they've got a little bit more cooked, and it's you know the cheese is fractionally darker, and everything's got a little bit more colour. A, a lot of that, um, and a lot of those. And this comes back to an email I recently got too, is although we're using steam quite often, and we like I say we use steam to bake a lasagna, um, quite often a lot of this comes down to temperature. So it's not just one thing. So by adding steam to the cook in a lasagna, isn't going to prevent that from happening when we're working with temperature as well. So you know, temperature is the big dictator in what will eventually happen to your food. What steam does is retain moisture to a degree. It will uh, speed up the cooking process to a degree um, and temperature will, but, but temperature also plays a bigger part in whether those things happen throughout the cook. So the best example, and we've said this before, is bread is, you know, baking a loaf of bread. And seeing that just because we're adding steam or cooking with steam during throughout the cycle doesn't make the bread soggy. So the same can be said for lasagna. But yeah, temperature plays a big part in it as well. Um, but the other thing that we've done, I've done quite a bit of, and it's a, probably a new one for you, you Linda. We, we went down the, uh, really into some depth, actually, the polenta. Uh, sort of oh, side yeah. of things and using yeah. our steam oven to now, although traditional not um, it is an instant polenta and it's not a traditional method. And we had some discussions with someone who's a way better Italian chef than I am, Robert Castellani, who was on a previous podcast. You know, he was talking about those sort of crunchy stuck on bits that eventually get folded through the polenta that are his childhood memory. Um, whereas our method sort of avoids doing that um you know there is is there a right or wrong way yeah i don't know i'm not a traditionalist when it comes to italian cuisine like that um and everything's down to interpretation to a degree but from that we then i then started getting into doing a lot more sort of ragouts so we've done quite a few different sort of I think we did a lamb ragout. We've done quite a few of those different sort of ragouts and bases. And also buco we've also done, which is another classic sort of Italian preparation. Um, that's, you know, veal shin or beef shin braised in, in a tomato-based sauce, finished with um, gremolata, which is a classic sort of cleaner upper if that makes sense. It, it cleans up the flavour of things a little bit. So very much based around... Um, the simplistic view of Italian cuisine, which is just get some really good. And when you talk Italian, you're, they always talk about really good quality ingredients at the right time of year. And they probably embrace that more so than a lot of other cuisines. Um, but, you know, you get something like a, also a piece of osso buco, which is, you know, a piece of shin, really tough, 
meat, you get some really good quality tomatoes, a little bit of stock, and you make a really good gremolata. You've got the basis for what is a good meal on its own. Add some polenta, it becomes a you know an entire dinner, or you know you can uh, break apart the osobuco itself and it becomes a ragu for a pasta. It can be anything. Um, you know that could become your filling for your lasagna, for a cannelloni, for anything like that. So, you know, like we say, a lot of the recipes on our, our site uh, are guidelines and it gives you that base level recipe, but it doesn't mean you can't expand on it. And that's why what I, the parts of Italian cuisine that I really enjoy are, are taking something like a traditional preparation like that and being able to do something else with it. Um, so we can, we can turn what is a classic Osobuco into you know, a, a ragu for a pasta, although it's got the osso traits as far as the preparation of tomato, onion, garlic, gremolata, da 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 da. Um, you know, rather than just serve that as a big hunk of veal shin, why not break it down and throw it through a nice thick pappardelle pasta? And you've got an entirely different dish. So we've done quite a bit actually. Now that I sort of think back on it, we did biscotti as well, which is a oh, you yes. know that sort yeah. of classic, yeah. really crispy biscuit. Um, you know, we've done quite a few. I mean, I don't know how we'd ever go about defining a singular cuisine type that we ever focus in on. Um, but yeah, if if people trawl through the website, they'll you know you'll you notice and that's why we try and keep the naming of things semi-traditional as well um so when we name a, a dish that we've done on the website it's either just the ingredients or the traditional name of the dish so if you search for telatonato on the website it'll come up um because it's as close to what the traditional means um and of course the classic of all classics is risotto and we've done you know at least half a dozen different risottos um, using the combi steam oven as sort of our tool to get us through that that middle part of the cooking of the risotto. Um, it's got to be said, though, that I'm still at times wonder if that was the right direction to, to go. Um, we did a lot of research into looking at how everyone else was doing their risottos in combi steam ovens across all brands and manufacturers and stuff like that. And there was a lot of let's pile all the ingredients into a tray, into a steamer and we'll just throw it in the oven. And I, I wasn't getting the impression that that was turning out to be something that I would really want to eat. So we kind of did a bit of a, a midway thing where we started quite traditionally by, you know, making our sofrito, so our onions and, you know, if you want celery, garlic, uh, carrot, whatever it is that your starting point is, most of the time mine's onion and garlic. And then adding our rice and cooking our rice out just over dry heat until the grains turn opaque and our wine and we reduce that. This is all on the stovetop. Uh, and then the difference being is we add all of our stock in one hit um, into the oven. It's generally about 14 minutes. And then we remove it and we might add a little bit of a little bit more stock on the stove top and, and give it a bit of a stir to get some of that starch moving and going. And, you know, so it's a sort of half traditional, half not traditional way. And it actually, like, I mean, Linda, you're probably a better judge than me, but it actually works out really well. Um, you kind of get that, that whole sort of creaminess thing happening from a traditional risotto, but you haven't had that. So it's more of probably a convenience thing. Um, and I'm sure there's, you know, if there's any traditional Italian 
listeners out there, they would hate the idea of doing it because half the beauty in a risotto is the patience and time you spend in the romance of making it. But we don't always have that time. But we've certainly covered quite a bit as far as Italian cuisine goes, I think. I don't know, Linda, well, what do you I think? think? Well, I do think that with the polenta and the risotto, I do like the way that you're not tied with a stovetop and you get a great product at the end. So you can start off, you know, cooking it in a traditional sense. And then by using the steam oven, it frees you up. You know that it's going to work. You know you're not going to have it overcook and burn and stick to the bottom and ruin. And that gives you time to do the other things in your meal that you need to prepare for or have a glass of wine. And <laughs> Which is very Italian while you're cooking. It's also very Italian. Well, the night that I, you know, very recently we were allowed a very small window of having people over and my nephew and his fiance came over and I made also buco with polenta. And oh, so there you go. I didn't it was know then that. that I made the polenta when I, I didn't realise I had the thick grain and, and I needed to just keep adding water to loosen it up. But the taste was amazing. And I should have made double the quantity because they they could have, they ate, no, you know, I almost felt like giving them mine because they were still looking for more because it's one of those meals that you don't make very often. And when you do, it's it's great comfort. It's got such great flavour. And it's, and it's really easy, you know. I'm, if I'm catching up with people, I want to have a meal, I want to prepare a meal that is super tasty but also doesn't tie me into the kitchen where I can't contribute to the conversation and catch up. So yeah. um, I love the fact that risotto I can put into the steam oven. I know how long it's going to take. I, can, I know exactly that 14 minutes for the sort of cooking for two that it gives me in the middle, I can do other things. And with the polenta, it gives me that hour that I can, you know, get everything else ready. And I just, I really appreciate yeah. it. And what, yeah, and what I find that I'm quite often doing um, is, you know, I'll do extra polenta and then while it's still hot, I'll set it into a, a container so I can, you know, pan fry a bit of it the next day for dinner. And even with, um, if I'm going to the effort of making a risotto, I'll, I'll do the same thing where I'll make extra. And we've done, I think I've done various versions of um, arancini as well. So we take yeah. the arancini, yeah. we do make a risotto, might add some flavouring to it. Um, could be anything. We might have added some ossobuco, which we had left over, might have added some ragu to the rice. So we've made us a book one night. We've had a little bit of ragu left over, you know, a little bit of that left over. We've made risotto. We've had some of that left over. We've combined the two things. So now we've got a, essentially, a, you know, a meat-based arancini. And as we know, a great use of your commie steam oven is for crumbed foods. So you can whip up some arancini and there's no deep frying. Um, so to a degree, it's healthier. Um, you know, and there's another sort of classic Italian preparation, taking something simple like rice. Um, and, you know, you, if you really want to, what you can actually do is even just to add a little bit more texture when you go to crumb your arancini, mix some parmesan cheese and some polenta in with your breadcrumbs. Um, so you make kind of a blend. And then you can bake that because you can, as long as it's fine grain polenta, uh, and that'll give you a nice yellow colour to the outside of your arancini too. Oh, okay. I, I quite often dust fresh 
uh, squid or calamari in a mixture of semolina and polenta as well. Um, you know, just to give it a bit of color and it gives you a bit of a crunch, a little bit of a crunch. I mean, they're very small grains. Um, so yeah, but I think we've like, I mean, I'm not, like I say, I'm not an expert in Italian cuisine. You and I both spent time in Italy together. Uh, that was a few years ago now. And most of the time it was just give us a massive plate of prosciutto and some, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, bowl of pasta um, and a and glass buffalo, of wine. And we'll buffalo, yeah, buffalo. Yeah, buffalo mozzarella. Um, and then that was... That was kind of, you know, and some fresh tomatoes, and that was all we needed. So, but again, you know, the bread baking, um, we haven't done a proper ciabatta, but that's something we'll we'll visit. Um, but pizzas, of course, we've done, we've, we've cooked pizza as well, which is a classic. I mean, we've only done one pizza, which is a very classic sort of margarita style pizza um, in the combi steam. I mean, I've got to say that if you do have an induction cooktop, that's a great way to do your pizza is, is go from, you can start your crust on a on a tray like a you know a teppanyaki plate as long as it's removable on your induction cooktop so you get that nice crust underneath and then you transfer that to your combi steam oven for baking that's that's a real winner we might do that when we get back into the Ooh. studio and <clears throat> we can go back into the cooking with steam kitchen wow. yes one day but yeah I, yeah i you know, I mean, there's lots of fish dishes because they're right on the Mediterranean as well, but we haven't really delved really into focusing on cooking Italian cuisine. A lot of the stuff that we talked about in our French episode was because that's really revolved around classic technique. So, you know, it's, you know, braising, which again is Italian as well to doing things like comfy and understanding the basis of a cassoulet and all those sorts of things. But you, if you just shift a few ingredients, I mean, there's no reason why the, one of your favorite dishes, the, the snapper with leeks and, and mustard, oh, yeah. you know, that's probably leaning towards French um, because of the mustard and a few of the other things, but by changing a few ingredients and adding a courgette or zucchini and a few tomatoes and, you know, different herbs. There's no reason why you couldn't call that an Italian dish at all. So, you know, have a look at what's there and you can certainly shift the ingredients a little bit or as the it term of the moment is pivot. Oh, yeah. Pivot ingredients. Um, <laughs> oh, dear, dear. If that is even possible. Word. Yeah, well, yeah, I've got a bit of cabin fever. Um, but then, uh, you know, what is, uh, what is you know, uh, seen as a maybe a French dish, uh, you transfer into something Italian. Italian just doesn't have to mean pasta and risotto or pizza, you know. No, and it's, it's very broad. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very broad and very hard to cover. And a lot of it too, and I think the best part of Italian cuisine is is what we just talked about, is the prosciutto, the fresh tomatoes, the buffalo mozzarella, the basil, you know. Yeah. You really don't need a steam oven for that. Like, it's sit there and eat it. The only thing you could probably add to it is some really good bread um, and really good olive oil. And as you know, like, I'm a massive fan of using olive oil as, you know, a dressing for everything. Um, and that's probably an Italian sort of throwback because the French do it to a degree, but not to the same degree. Um, but yeah, we've sort of explored a little bit of Italian cuisine. But if anyone out there's got any suggestions about something they'd like to like us to cook, um, yeah, 
Send us some. Well, I'm, I'm, good us at, I'm actually uh, making a pasta bake tonight. We had some chicken fillets that we um, had planned to use over the weekend and didn't. <clears throat> and I didn't want to put them in the freezer. I wanted to cook up something. So we uh, got a couple of leeks and I'm thinking of doing a chicken and leek. And then we've also got, I think, some peas and um, a little bit of bacon left over. So I'm thinking of putting all those in and uh, adding some cheese sauce, a cheesy kind yeah, of... Yeah, why not? Yeah. And, and you wouldn't pasta. say that. And yeah, you wouldn't say that. Italian. It's not but Italian, you say it. but yeah. uh, it's certainly, you know, I think, yeah, I'm looking, well, I call it the comfort food in the same way I see a lot of Italian cooking, Italian food, that that lovely, I mean, to me, lasagna, you know, those sort of hearty meals like that. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. For feeding a lot of people. And the other thing we probably, yeah. The other thing we probably need to explore a little bit more too is some of the is some of the wilder gamier type things because oh, quite yeah. often you'll find mm-hmm. that in yeah. Italian food. Um, you know, you, you'll get venison depending on where you are. Rabbit. Um, rabbit is certainly one that's pretty common. Wild boar is another, which I think we've done a wild boar we have, or yeah. two. Um, Spain as well, wild boar. Yeah, so you know, there's a. F- we haven't not explored it, um, but yeah, you know, there's a, it's, the problem that I have half the time is there's so many ingredients and there's so many things we could do. I actually flummox myself sometimes and go, okay, stop overthinking it. Just, you know, take something simple. So, you know, even making a cannoli or something like that, we haven't done, which we should do, you know? Oh, I absolutely. But can we wait until we can see you? Because I'd hate to... <laughs> <laughs> there are some things, Paul, and I I'll always like it when um, we can taste test for you. And I just think, you know, <laughs> there are yeah. some things that can only that you need to uh, make when there's an audience. Just yeah, because, well, just, just because. because. Yeah, but, ulterior uh, motives, people. Uh, totally. What do you think cooking with steam is all about, baby? It's just, yeah. You know, but, uh, yeah, it's not about you find people listening using the website, no, you know, learning how to using the tools that we're building. Yeah. It's about Linda, what she wants. Exactly. Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly right. That's a uh, that's what this is all a cunning plan for to get you to cook for me more often. You know that, don't you? Yeah. Five years in. Yeah. <laughs> and, Five years in. And, and a lot of people have also talked about, and I've seen this before too, and I've seen it in a lot of manuals. I mean. Uh, Unfortunately, I spend a lot of my time reading user guides and user manuals, um, particularly around steam. And I've seen a lot of people cook their dry pasta. And we've done pasta in the steam oven, but done fresh pasta. Um, cook dry pasta in their steam oven. So basically you fill a, a tray with water, throw your dry pasta in and, and cook it in your steam oven. Um, so while it is, while a lot of these things are possible, just because you've got the, and I've said this before, just because you've got the appliance doesn't mean you should always use it. Um, I actually don't think it works out any better. And if you're not making it better, then why do it? And I actually struggle to find the reasoning behind it because I, I don't think you get that little bit of starch that comes out of pasta, which is if you don't stir your pasta when you put it in your pot of boiling water, it sticks together and it holds together. And I think that's what happens when you try and steam dried pasta. So, yeah, maybe that's if you look in your in your manuals or your manufacturer, that's one to maybe watch out for. 
Yeah, it doesn't. It seems to be counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because it's just. I know, but I mean, everyone's trying to find a you know the single standalone purpose for you know the appliance that does every single every single job. But yeah, yeah that's not one I'd sort of embrace. Look, I you know how I love my combi steam oven, um, but I don't see it replacing other processes. A pot of bottled water for cooking no. pasta. No, no, I can see it doing that. But can do a lot of things and it can do them really well, but just not that maybe that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's that's about sort of my view on Italian and what we've done so far. But it, like I'm really open to suggestions. So if anyone's got any suggestions, info at cookingwithsteam.com and we'll we'll jump on there and um, cook up some more Italian based food. But yeah, we look we don't really focus in on any one cuisine type, but we don't mind talking about them every now and again. Yeah. And I think it gets us inspired to, uh, when we're, now that we're home cooking, certainly following something that you and I talked about last week is why I thought, oh, I'll just get a leak. Well, when I say we, Dougie does the shopping. So Dougie brought home a couple of leaks and we just thought, okay, this is going to be a, you know, a nice, it's cold. It's turning colder here now. So good time for a pasta bake and then there's leftovers. Yay. There always is lunch. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, thank yes. you for that. And oh, well. uh, for everybody yeah, out there, happy no And uh, stay well, stay safe, and enjoy, uh, enjoy whatever you are cooking. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy the lockdown if you are in Victoria. Enjoy uh, it. Yes, and everywhere else. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe and for more information, please go to our website, cookingwithsteam.com.